Welcome back to Three Black Docs with Dr. Tiffany, Dr. Karen, and Dr. Zanetta. And, and Z, like you're kind of in a little bit of a time of flux, right? I mean, in some ways, I think we still yeah. all are. Um, yeah. You know, even like what you're talking about with your with your family changes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, how's that feeling for you? So with the job, I am now very comfortable with saying I, I have a job. I don't look at it anymore oh, wow. as a calling. That's interesting. Hmm. Whoa. It, and, and that was, the, and I didn't realize that until recently. I go to work. I put in my best effort when I'm there. And when I come home, I really don't think about it unless there's one or two things Whoa. I need to clean up. But do you know this weekend, I spent more brain energy trying to get the kids to a Matilda play <laughs> because I purchased tickets in the wrong city. I oh. kid you not. It was a whole thing. It was, it was a comedy of errors, but I, I thought about it and I was like, wow, I didn't think about a single patient. I didn't think about a mm. single thing. Like I'm able to mentally turn it off because it's a job. I go in, I give my best, I go home. Wow. And that's been nice. Hmm. That's okay. that's actually really been nice because it takes the mental energy and the martyrdom away. Hmm. Mm. So, Girl, you need to speak to the wait, wait, no, you need to you need to unpack that. You need to unpack that. You well, cannot well, just gloss over that. Yeah, because when you know, in my previous career, I I think I really thought that I was more than what I truly was, right? I'm an oncologist. I, I, I try my best to help my patients, you know, during a vulnerable time in their lives. But, you know, at the end of the day, the data are what the data are. And I can give my very, very best effort. And I, and I think I thought in my head, if I gave that extra 30% on top of the other effort, that somehow that would change outcomes. Mm. And, and now I realize that, you know what, I'm still giving my best effort, but I don't have to sacrifice myself to do that. Boy, that's a word. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So does that make you feel lighter or different in any way? I don't take as much home. Yeah. But the interesting thing is the impact still seems to be the same. Because, it, and, and that's my relationship with my patients, right? So we still, yeah. I mean, there was one time I walked out in the lobby and there were four of my patients and we all, I mean, it was like, what's up, what's up? You know, we were all like, mm-hmm. it was almost like a family reunion of patients in the lobby and we all just were laughing and having a good time. So the relationship is still there. Mm-hmm. I I just understand my role. Mm. And I'm mm-hmm. just trying to stay within it and and understand my space in that role. Wow. Wow, that's deep. That's what I was about to say. That's really deep. I, I, I wonder, is that something that's bred into those of us who are in academia or do you think that's more a physician thing? I think it's a little bit of both. 
In academia, it's definitely worse because you are revered the more of yourself you give. Mm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the person mm-hmm. that comes in at six and leaves at nine is the person mm. that gets promoted. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter the outcome, right? They may not have as many grants. They the The output may not be as good. It's just their physical presence is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, you're right. It's funny because I remember um, when I was a resident, there was a medical oncologist who was a fellow the same time I was a resident up in Boston. And I remember him saying, we, we, we ended up, we're really good friends now. Um, but he was one of the heme, he was one of the lymphoma dots. Uh, and he's like, you know, Wingfield, I remember when we were in training, he's like, I get a call to come into the emergency room and there you were at 3 a.m., you know, and I was like, oh my goodness, now I gotta, you know, like I gotta do what Wingfield's doing because you're a radiation oncologist and what are you doing at 3 a.m., <laughs> you know? But it's fascinating. I mean, I think you're right. It's, there's, there is that com- competition, I think, that happens in the academic setting mm-hmm. that really does create this sense of, I need to do it all and I need to do it better and I need to do it faster and, you know, the physical presence being one of those things. But I do think that there's also that, what is the currency, but it's not what's important. It's not the clinical acumen, right? Not That's at all. not what's important in academia, which kills me. <laughs> so to your point, the outcomes are gonna be the outcomes. Right. Right. Um, man, oh, that's, oh, I gotta, I gotta think about that, girl. You just, you just blew my mind on that one. So do you think it'll change your pathway at all? Or are you not sure yet? Well, you know, your I revelation. Think, my revelation, I, I think it's just a matter of focusing on, well, prioritizing what's most important to me. And what is it that I really am willing to martyr myself for? I'm using the word martyr, maybe not in the right context, but what is it that I am really prioritizing and how can I best do that? Hmm. And I I think the big thing is just me recognizing that I have a job and I'm just trying to do the best within my job. And what happens as a result is what happens as a result. Do you know, I wonder if some of this revelation, even for all of us, it's so fascinating uh-huh. that we all have these transitions and shift in terms of our mindset, in terms of what we value in terms of our work product because of COVID. I, I wonder if it's because of COVID, because I feel like in some ways it has forced us to slow down or help, helped us to prioritize differently. You know, do you feel like your family situation, the things, you know, you, you know, being at home with the kids or whatever, do you feel like that has anything to do with your, with your shift in, in priorities? I think a lot of things happened at once. One, okay. I'm turning 40. There is something mm-hmm. that happens. That There's a life transition that, that happens. Life begins and at 40. I was in a book club one time. It really does. It begins at 40. I can see that. I really no, can it see really that. Does. I was, yeah. I was a, Because yeah. think about it. Like, you are a kid, a book, really, yeah. until you're, I mean, you're not like an adult adult until what, 25 or so? No, AYA AYA goes up to age 39. When you look at that category, adolescent, young adult. 40. 
<laughs> I, I think your first your first mild transition happens at 30. That's that's you know, I, I think at 30, you know, you're still like, okay, this is, you know, what my job is and this is what I'm striving for. Yeah. At 40, you're like Well, I think you've, had, I you've now again? had time as a fully baked adult. You've had life experience in a career to see mm. what's what. Like that 30 to 40 mm -hmm. is like, at least for in the doctor world, because we start so late after training and all that jazz. Like, okay, that's when you have a good solid 10 years to see what it really is. For some, because I started at age 40. So my okay. transition oh, at age right. 40 was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. yeah right. For, you're right. But, but you're right. It, and it depends on how you start. It seems like the transition right. is still but I think there. Even if you're not a doctor, Whenever, like whoever yeah. you are, like I think, again, you know, 25 is when you're probably like an adult adult, right? And so then you've got some years as an adult and you see how things go and whatever. And then you're like, what? Ashley is not fully adulting. <laughs> let me just say, and she's 28. Just saying, just saying. And yes, well, you will I'm, listen I'm to this. I'm trying to represent for Ashley. Come on. Right. <laughs> and, and life has hit them different. Life has hit them different. All the excuses. Yeah, all no, the excuses. no, no, no. Life has hit. Y'all are bringing it. I'm telling you, life has hit this generation different. I mean, oh my goodness, she has so in, she has like like. My point being, go ahead. No. I think forty <laughs> is like you you had some time to live like on your own as a grown up, all that stuff. By the time you get to forty, and then you're like, what do I want the next twenty twenty five years to really look like? That's all I'm saying. Continues in that. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you. Yes. Me. So age forty for you was significant. Okay. Yeah, age age forty was significant, and um, COVID. I think COVID just sealed that for me. I think this would have happened anyway. Okay. But COVID gives you the time to sit and reflect more about what you're willing and what you're not willing to give up. Mm. And I think I'm doing a better job of trying to set my boundaries. Yeah. Um, because I actually realized I don't like to say no. Oh. I don't like to say Ooh. it. Hmm. Okay. I don't think I knew that. I think I'm huh. I'm pretty easy. You know, if it did, fine. Okay, it's no big deal. We'll do it. But then hmm. the big difference that also happens is one of the things I really value is like my sleep. And <laughs> there are so, I value my sleep. And there are so many things that go into getting good rest at night. You, you, you're right about mm. that. One is not checking email after 8 p.m. Mm. That interrupts my sleep. Even if it's a random spam, sometimes I will think about that random spam. Like, oh, was that a random spam or was that a real email? Hmm. I'll think about that in the middle of the night. The other thing is not drinking my soda with dinner. I have had mm -hmm. to move my soda up because of my caffeine. One little so oh, my little yeah. oh, so it is affecting you. The caffeine is affecting you. The caffeine was is affecting me. Huh. Yeah. Just okay, little things like that. Doc. Mm. We had a whole thing. Right? We had a I was whole say, this is all here goes whole to section. A whole as a whole section of training about sleep which i <laughs> this is like dr heal thyself for sure because as i'm very open about 
I am not walking the walk on that. So you talking to me right now because uh, <laughs> mm. I need to start prioritizing my sleep. Well, yeah, I do too. But I feel like the insomnia is killing me. I mean, I'm sitting up in the middle of the night and I'm like, what in the world, you know? Or I'll go to bed and then wake pop up at three uh-huh. o'clock in the morning and it's just, man, I just, and but maybe it is, maybe it's that mental, maybe it's the sleep hygiene piece, see, that you're talking about and not checking emails and not mm-hmm. looking at, you know, stuff on the mm-hmm. Instagram or whatever it is, you know? Because um, I'm still waking up. So I still will wake up at three. One of the hmm. things that I had to stop doing was reaching oh. for my phone. Because mm-hmm. although I may not be on Instagram or Facebook at three in the morning, I will mm-hmm. read New York Times through and through. Wow. At three in the well, morning. And then I'll go to the comments. <laughs> afterwards. But that's, see, but that's how you come. You're so well read. Like, you know what's going on. I know nothing. <laughs> but but it, 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 I really need you to read the opinion piece. <laughs> I I didn't have to do that at 3 a.m. I mean, I read this article before everyone. We have to take a break. We'll be right back. Want more Three Black Docs? Visit 3BlackDocs.com to meet the docs, read our blog, and get access to more 3BD content. So you, okay, so you turn 40. Mm. You're prioritizing your sleep. Or you're turning 40 and you prioritize your sleep. What else? Mm-hmm. And you said you learned that you don't like to say no. I Which is, that's a whole word right there. That's the thing. Yeah. I, uh-huh. didn't, I didn't realize it. You know, and then I, I sometimes feel like I'm disappointing people. I didn't realize that mm. that was a thing for me. So, right? so that goes into the martyr complex though, right? Or the martyr, yeah. right? And yeah. kind of giving, giving, giving and worried about what other people are going to think about you and perceptions from other people. And and it's fascinating because I don't, I don't think it's intentional, right? right. I mean, I, I had some of that too. Like even Ash and I were talking the other day about, you know, my hair yes, and you see, I'm experimenting with all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, right? But I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't be my authentic self with my hair. I couldn't allow my hair to be the way it grows out of its head because of whatever quote unquote professionalism is. Um, but I was so worried about what other people thought of me, um, you know, but that, that thread can impact every aspect, right? It can impact your work as a clinician, your work as a researcher, your ability yeah. to say no because you're so worried. I mean, that's why I'm like, oh my goodness, you are touching on, I'm still struggling with that. So I'm, I'm like, go ahead, girl, you, you're under 40. She like 40 <laughs> under 40, top 40 under 40. She had that well, word right there. Well, you know, and the hair is a big thing because I mean, mm. now if people are looking online, they see me with braids and the, and the two strand twist, never. I think I had my hair, I started putting braids in my hair when I knew I was leaving. But besides then, I was at the I was at the beauty salon every two weeks, getting my getting hair pressed, pre- mm-hmm. getting it pressed. Yes. I mean, it's falling mm. out, it's thinning out, and we're trying to press every strand that's on my head. Yep, air one, <laughs> air one. Wow. Yes, and it's funny because I actually so it was Blackstock's birthday last week, so his daughter threw him this little party at at his her sister's house. And I walked up and I had the, you know, the twist mm-hmm. and stuff. He's like, oh, look at you, Wingfield. Look, you decided to leave and then clean up. And I was like, and his friend was here. I was like, oh. And I was like, you know, I know it's Blackstock. I'm like, whatever. Um, but I was like, they couldn't have handled this when I was at Wake. I said, they would not have been able to handle, you know, 
Marley Twist with Ombre. I mean, they they would not have been able to hand, handle it with me being there. He's like, oh yeah, they would have. I said, no, they wouldn't have. And I thought about you because I was like, well, I remember Z had braids, but but what you're telling me now is that you you waited till you were out the door. I knew I was out the door. I had already made the hmm. decision, even if the contract wasn't signed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Fascinating. See, Tiff, that's one thing you didn't necessarily have to worry no, about as much. Um, <laughs> I well, I did. You know, hair it was a long time before I wore my things. natural curls. I um, yeah, I always hmm. wore my hair straight and two blow dried straight. Um, and yeah, it was shoot. I was probably somewhere in my thirties that I started wearing my hair with natural curls i mean i really wear it down but it's mainly just wow. because it gets in my way i mean not really. mm-hmm. and and is it the same thing you felt like you would be judged or i don't i don't was think it just I, that's no, what you were how you were rocking your hair that much but definitely there's a perception when you have curly okay. hair okay. that you straighten it in a professional situation right like you straighten mm-hmm. your hair if you're going to a ball mm-hmm. you straighten your hair for your wedding you straighten your hair for interviews so yeah i mean every time i had an interview or something um straighten my hair like i i never even thought about wearing it curly to be honest um yeah so and that's that's something that people you know in the curly hair communities (laughs) will agree you know that people uh, in general will straighten their hair for special occasions and interviews and all that jazz. So, um, yeah, now it's just curly all the time. And, and I've had people say, you know, when I started wearing it curly, uh, people will give their opinions on whether they liked it better this way or that way. Whatever. (laughs) I'm like the, the unsolicited opinions. Let's, Let's make that clear. The right, which opinions. probably yes. when I was younger, I cared. And maybe that is why I straightened it all the time. But now I'm like, all right. <laughs> Noted. Yeah, I remember when I was in Boston, I had one of my colleagues, the same colleague I was mentioning, love him to death. And he's like, oh, I really like your hair better this way. And I was like, oh, really? And I was wearing a wig. And not only was I wearing a straight wig, because this was after I had transitioned, but I was wearing a wig and I was wearing it backwards. <laughs> Unsolicited opinion. <laughs> that that is yeah. That's too funny. That's funny. I'm really interested to see what happens as we go back, uh, get back to quote unquote normalcy. Not just for you, but in general. Like I just really wonder, and I think I've said this before, if we are going to have a more sensible, slower pace of life. Or if we're just gonna go right back to lightning speed, like all this never happened, you know? I just wonder. Because as you guys know, I was already before this happened on a slower pace, you know. So for me, I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone come along. But um I think it'll be real interesting to see you know, what happens if we just kind of go back? See, I, I feel like with things just 
slightly opening up, people are already starting mm -hmm. to rev back up, you know? Right. So I, that's my fear, but, but here's the thing. I think what Z is talking about, and, and these are all transition points in our lives, right? These transition points, whether it be turning 40 or having a death in your family or, um, you know, having circumstances moving, right? Whatever those transition points are, they're opportunities to then reflect and say, what do I want yeah. to do now? And part of it is, for me, I am trying very hard with this transition to say, I'm going to have a life. Mm -hmm. It might not be a whole lot of life. And I have to be okay with saying no. And that was hard. And so part of it is how do you be intentional in terms of the carry forward while things are kind of slower down, slowed down to Tiffany's point, you know, how do you make sure that there's intentionality moving forward? But the cool thing about yours is that it wasn't just COVID for you, that there was, like you said, it was almost like this perfect storm, it was, it was several storm. different things. <clears throat> and like you said, maybe it would have happened anyway, kind of as you reached your milestone birthday. But I, I just feel like particularly for black women, black women, we stretch ourselves thin anyway into impossible and it's impossible impossible you know i've never never had a nanny and my husband you know Corey and i we've been rocking with the kids since day zero right uh-huh i remember this was i don't know about two years ago i was talking to my mom yeah i was talking to my mom and i was like well you know you all you all did it talking about her and my dad i was like you know you all were working and and you managed it you know you were doing extracurricular stuff and you know still were present for our activities and you know what my mom said <laughs> she, she had said, a nanny <laughs> she, well she said oh no i didn't work when y'all were young well i said she, she said i didn't start working till y'all went till y'all went to school and I said, mm -hmm. what? Here I am. I had this like impression of what, mm. you know, life was like. And she was like, oh, no, I stayed mm -hmm. at home. Mm -mm, that was too busy. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Having said that, though, um, I mean, now that the kids are in school, there are things that I want to do, you know, that I yeah. don't necessarily want to outsource. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think <clears throat> if I have to outsource anything, I want those things to be to first be around my job. Oh, snap. OK. Oh, OK. I was not expecting that. OK. I thought you were going to say then, laundry because that was my answer. <laughs> That's what I said. I would have said, yeah, cleaning like, house you. stuff. Yes. yes <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what? Even with laundry, well, and granted, the 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 people who come, we've gone from twice a month to once a week, with with the uh, the people right. who, who come to clean the house, because we needed that. Yeah, the team, the team. <laughs> but you know, with the laundry, the kids now fold up their own clothes and put them up. Good. Yeah. So that's helped out a lot. Um, but, but I really do like wow, I, the things I want to outsource. I, I want to try to limit what I'm outsourcing within my home, if I can, within reason. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That is, but yeah, and people want to do theirs different. Yes, which is, which is fine. Right. Right. It's fine. Right. However you want to do it. Yeah. 
however you want to do it. But I love that idea of, of selecting the things that you're willing to outsource, right? Because again, no need to have right. the superwoman exactly. complex, right? Um, or the super person, because I'm sure there are some men who stretch themselves thin too. It's mostly black women that I'm that I'm referring to because that's what I see in my daily experience. But you know, man, I tell you, uh, that is that is amazing. What are you willing to outsource? And are there things that are your job related that you can outsource or are there specific family things that you're willing to outsource or those that you're not? I mean, I love it that, you know, TIFF is like all about, okay, I want to make sure my kids know how to shop in the grocery store. Love it, right? Whereas Z, yours may be, hey, I want to be able to spend my, my time with my kids, you know, in right. their extracurriculars or doing whatever right. it is, you know, right. and people can pick and choose what's valuable to them and their families. And, you know, there's no right or wrong. I just love mm -hmm. that. Like what you hear? Make sure you rate and subscribe. Three Black Docs is available wherever you get your podcasts. Three Black Docs is not intended as medical advice. All opinions are our own. Three Black Docs is produced by Winx Productions.